It's Thursday, December 11th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Rule Breakers and Million Dollar Portfolio, Simon Erickson, and from Rule Breakers and Motley Fool Supernova, David Kretzman. Happy Thursday, gentlemen. Happy Thursday, Chris. Thanks for having us. Uh, we've got some earnings. We've got, I, I was going to say we have a hot IPO, but I think that remains to be seen. We'll get to that, and we have the latest in activists on the loose, activist investors, that is. Let's start with Lululemon. Shares up around 9% this morning. David, we frequently say that when it comes to an earnings report, guidance trumps results. That does not appear to be the case here. Um, Lululemon's guidance for the holiday quarter was, was well, lowered, for one thing. It was, it was pretty uh, disappointing in, in other ways. Um, their third quarter results seemed pretty good. You looked at the quarter. What, what stood out to you in the, the results? Well, overall, total sales were up 10%, but really the saving grace for Lululemon is the online sales, which was up 27%. Uh, But just that retail portion, like retail is a tough space and it's becoming even more challenging with e-commerce becoming more um, prominent. But that online business, it's now uh, 18% of their total sales. It's up from 16% of total sales last year. So the online sales, I think, are the saving grace for Lululemon. It's probably what investors in the market, you know, they're looking at that as an aspect of the business that might be able to carry Lululemon forward. Were you surprised by the reaction of the stock? Because again, the their guidance for the current quarter, and let's face it, the holiday quarter, pretty crucial for your average bricks and mortar retailer. I don't know. I just sort of looked at that and thought before the market opened, boy, they're in for a rough day. And I don't know. I guess I'm wondering where is the enthusiasm coming from today? Yeah, I'm a little surprised at the reaction. I think part of it might be that people have been so pessimistic about Lululemon. But when you look at it, I mean, the company is still producing free cash flow. They have a very strong balance balance sheet, like I think $633 million in cash, no long-term debt. So this is a company that can weather the storms that it's been going through. And then when you see the online business really picking up, I guess that that really is a saving grace. That's the only explanation I can have for it, because normally when a company like Lululemon lowers guidance for the important fourth quarter, it's not going to bode well for this stock. But I think today, people have been so pessimistic about the company that there are some bright spots with the online sales and the company's strong balance sheet. So I... That that's the only explanation I can have at this point. I get that right now. What was the number you said? Eighteen percent is what direct to consumer, what the online yep. sales is making up. So obviously that's that's not meaningful in in a big way, but it's going in the right direction. I I don't know, Simon. I I look at that metric for specialty retailers like Lululemon, and I think increasingly, if you're looking at these stocks. That, I think that becomes more and more important because Williams Sonoma has demonstrated for the last few years that they've done a good job of selling through multiple channels their bricks and mortar locations, their catalog business, their online. And I think that if if you're looking at if you're an investor looking at any sort of specialty retailer, that's one of the first questions you got to ask. What direction is that number going in? And and to me, the key word that stands out as an investor is brand. For this, Chris, because if you're a well-known brand in the market, you can sell online. People know what their size is for Lululemon. They like the clothes. They can buy them online now, and that's got a higher operating margin if you buy it directly versus in the stores. And I, I, I agree with David on this. I think they're going the right direction, getting a more profitable channel as a higher percentage of sales. In the long run, that's a great thing for your company to be doing. 
let's get to the IPO I mentioned because <laughs> I, I, help help me out with this assignment. So this is Lending Club, which is a peer to peer online lending service trading uh, today for the first time under the ticker LC. Um, first, for folks unfamiliar, walk me through the business of Lending Club, and then we'll get to what's happening with the IPO. Yeah, sure. So, Chris, this is an interesting opportunity. This is kind of disruptive to the finance industry, is what a lot of people are already saying about this. It's peer-to-peer lending, uh, so individuals and institutions can loan money on their platform as low as $25 of a loan. Those loans are then all pooled together and then given out to small businesses that want to borrow from them. So, these are riskier loans, um, but then again, also only 10% of the loan requests actually get approved anyway. So, there's a little bit of back-end kind of, kind of vetting these loans out. The, uh, the economics works out that as an investor in this pool, if, I'm, if I put $25 in a lending club right now, the average interest rate that I would receive from those pool of loans would be at about 13% a year right now. Very high, much riskier. Uh, we have to expect that a certain percentage of those will default and not pay anything out. And then Lending Club, the investment in this company itself, takes about a 1% cut off of the overall interest each year, too. So that comes right out of the top line, too. And then that's how they're actually making their money. Who is threatened by a business like this? Is it, is it the I can't imagine the likes of the big Wall Street banks, the Wells Fargo's of the world, who, you know, who, if you're a small business, you're going to maybe a community bank, you're going to the, uh, your local Bank of America branch. Who's the most threatened by a business like this? I do think the small banks have the most to lose in this because these are smaller loans. These are not multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar loans. These are small businesses trying to start up from scratch. And uh, I think that though you know that was kind of previously held by those smaller community banks, you know, small business loans, stuff like that. But it, Grander scheme of things, this could be interesting also on how it changes the way that, that small businesses are financed. You should just be kind of, you go to your family, your friends, raise some money, you go to angel investors, you go to VC, a venture capitalist. That's kind of shifting to earlier in the picture. You're getting more money up front quicker uh, for businesses to start up faster, which could have bigger implications in the bigger uh, scheme of things. All right, let's get to the IPO because they. Had a successful IPO, they raised close to nine hundred million dollars. Uh, stock went public at fifteen dollars a share, but the market opened at nine thirty. Shares of Lending Club were not available to the likes of you and me till over an hour later uh, at ten forty when they were trading at twenty five dollars a share, and from there they dropped about I don't know ten percent or so. They're they're trading somewhere in the twenty twos. This this to me. Seems like an, a walking advertisement for why I don't want to invest in IPOs, because it's like I'm looking at the stock chart. It's red. It's showing that the stock is dropping, and yet all the headlines in the news feed are, "Oh, the IPO is soaring." I don't know. It. it I mean, regardless of what happens today with the stock, is this a business that interests you? It is interesting. Um, couple things. First of all, at Right now, the last I checked, the market cap was was approaching nine billion dollars. If that stays today, Chris, that's that's come on. Nine there, there, there's billion? only there's only thirteen U.S. based banks that are larger than a nine billion dollar market cap right now. So interesting how quickly that happened. Um, the interesting thing to me about this business, which is which is why I've got my eye on it, is they've really got a great board of directors. Um, Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary, mm-hmm. is on the board. 
John Mack, former Morgan Stanley CEO on the board, and then Mary Meeker, uh, one of the partners at Kleiner Perkins, great venture capitalist focused on internet companies, is on the board. So it's not like this is just a, you know, another dot com that's going to fizzle away. Lending Club is the largest peer-to-peer lender out there. They've got some really bigwigs uh, pointing the, the direction of this company. I think it's one to keep an eye on. So you look. It sounds like you look at this industry because let's face it, if they're doing this. Privately held businesses in the same space, like Prosper and others, I mean, they got to be watching this and saying, "Okay, 2015, let's pick a date and go public." It sounds like you look at this industry and say, "There's going to be a winner. There's going to be at least one winner." That um, it's it's just a question of who at this point. I agree. This is a platform. Let's let's make no mistake about it. Lending Club is going to be making their money off of that one percent that they're cutting from every one of the the volume that goes over their platform. So. The bigger going to get bigger, and that's going to get more borrowers um, and more business uh, and more lenders as well. So I, I think this is a network effect that you keep an eye on. Who's getting all the volume? It also seems like a model that can scale a lot more easily than your typical bank structure. So I think that gives Lending Club a larger market opportunity. So that's something to keep in mind. That the market cap, you know, nine billion dollars, it's pretty big, but that market opportunity, that market size, could be pretty sizable. The most surprising news today, <laughs> if you're just looking at stocks, if you're not looking at news and you're just looking at stocks broadly, the thing that's got to leap out at you is the one-two punch of Staples being up 10% and Office Depot shares up 13%. The news behind that is that Starboard Value, activist investors, uh, announced they've taken a little more than a 5% stake in Staples. They have nearly a 10% stake in Office Depot. Okay, let's play along. Let's, let's assume that they're going to... Well, I mean, what's the end game here, David? Is it, is it we're going to get control of these two companies and force a merger and, and wring efficiencies out of them? I think that's probably what's at play here, because you probably won't see them investing in both companies unless they plan some sort of merger or consolidation. Some interesting history here. In 1997, actually, Staples tried to merge with Office Depot. The Federal Trade Commission blocked that. But last year, uh, Office Depot and Office Max were cleared by the FTC to merge. So essentially, there are new dynamics in this industry with uh, online retail. You, you have Amazon that's take, taking a big chunk of that space. So the competitive dynamics uh, of this like office products retail market uh, it's really changing, and I think that's what Starboard is trying to take advantage of. Uh, and something else, just to give you an idea of what Starboard does, these are the guys who took a five and a half percent stake in Darden Restaurants. They're the ones complaining about Olive Garden serving too many breadsticks. So these guys, they <laughs> they on. they get in the weeds. They dig dirty all the way down to breadsticks and pasta. Uh, so you're really seeing consolidation of this space. Office Depot and Staples combined have about three thousand locations. Something I did not know, Staples is actually the number three largest online retailer. I had I, I wouldn't have Wait a minute. thought in, that. A retailer in office sp- supplies or just period? Completely. So you have Amazon, Apple, Staples. I would not have guessed that. So they actually have a pretty flourishing online business. So I think the end game here for Starboard is to consolidate uh, Office Depot, Staples, br- merge those companies together, cut down locations, focus on the online business, which Staples has just been dominating. Uh, 
So it sort of makes sense when you look at it from that perspective. I think that's why the stocks are up. People see the opportunity there. Well, I think it's it's probably easy for the average investor to look at what's happened with bricks and mortar retail over the last 15 years and say, well, gosh, who's who's going to be going into a Staples when you can just order stuff online? But to your point, I have to believe it's the business community that's feeling that. Certainly, you know, every other week, walking through the halls here at Fool Headquarters, I stumble upon, sometimes literally stumble upon, boxes of paper from Staples. So clearly, we're spending a lot of money uh, with Staples. I have to imagine a lot of other businesses are doing the same. So I don't know. Now I'm starting to think that maybe this could work. I think it makes sense either way that eventually. For this industry to survive, they need to consolidate. I think that's what Starboard sees. But Staples has that impressive online business already, so it makes sense for them to combine with Office Depot, shut down some locations, and then focus on growing that online business, which is already doing pretty well. I think that's really the only way this industry competes, by focusing on what they do well and growing that aspect of the business. You think we see a forced merger in 2015 between these two? Do you think Starboard pulls that off? I mean, I could see it happening. You've got Office Depot and Office Max, like David just talked about. I think that consolidation to keep up with Amazon is is the way to go. I don't know. Now, I mean, I was I was skeptical walking into the studio today. Now I'm starting to think, you know what? Someone's got to supply paper and and paper clips, etc., to all these businesses. So you know, why not this entity? Well, and I don't think of Amazon when I think of that. If your printer is out of ink and you need to replace it right now, you need to print out your resume, something like that. I mean. You go to the, the store and, and get something like there's certain industries that maybe Amazon, even as big as it is, you know, still it's it's harder for them to compete in certain spaces like that. I think maybe office supplies could be one of those. I, I will say on that note, because I, I, I was clicking through Staples website and if you're looking for stuff like that, they they almost have a cleaner online shopping experience than Amazon does. I think Amazon does a phenomenal job with uh, any number of products uh, and their recommendation engine, et cetera, et cetera. But there are times when it's just sort of the basic household supplies or office supplies that I, I, I sort of feel like Amazon almost needs a, a separate platform for that sort of stuff. Um, before we wrap up, there are so many office supplies. Uh, give me one you think is overvalued, one you think is undervalued. Like if the supply itself was a stock. You're like, oh, I'm buying shares of this. I'm selling shares of that. David? Whiteout is overrated. I mean, this stuff <laughs> never works. It's messy. And no one uses it anymore. I, I, I haven't used Whiteout in years. I was going to say, are people still producing Whiteout? I don't know if they are. I short they that are. stock. Yeah. yeah. Even though that's probably a penny stock right now, I think you're shorting it. Whiteout Inc. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is. But uh, yeah, Whiteout, definitely overrated in my book. For uh, underrated file cabinets. So my desk is not the cleanest desk, but it would be so much messier if I didn't have my file cabinet. So I can just you know, pack away my stuff in the file cabinet, look more orderly to the world, and you know, life goes on in, in, in a great way. So file cabinets, I think, deserve some more love. Simon, what about you? Chris, uh, I'm sorry, Staples, for this, but I think the stapler is overrated. Really? Yes. I think that we're, we're, not, we're not printing out as much paper anymore. Everyone's sending emails. And is there really as much of a need for staples and staplers in the future as there was in the past? Oh, that's chaos, man. Come on. I mean, I understand, you know, Office Space, the movie, made staplers, you know, a cool thing again. Not but just staplers, the swing line stapler. <sighs> right. 
I just don't see it. I, I'm calling that one my overrated uh, okay. office supply. And then underrated, I mean, everybody really needs these days a heavy-duty pa- paper shredder. Identity theft, theft is at all-time highs. You know, you want to protect your, your financial information, anything that you're getting. Get one of those awesome paper shredders that can handle 500 sheets at a time. Underrated. Wow. I like that you specified not just paper shredder, heavy-duty paper shredder. <laughs> That's right. Like, like there's a diesel engine attached to it or something like that. I they like have this. trucks that can do this now. Uh, I'm with David on Whiteout. I can't believe it's still being right. produced. Thanks, um, Chris. And then uh, undervalued office supply, coffee. It's still undervalued. Still there? So buy le- Starbucks? Yeah, or, you know, or I don't know. Whatever I, else. I, it, to me, it's just there's never enough coffee. Staples should pay attention to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Simon Erickson, David Kretzman, thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for today's edition of Market Fuller. The show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. (laughs) 